1 John chapter number 3, and for the past several weeks we've been preaching on that disciple whom Jesus loved at the Gospel of John. And every time that is mentioned, we see something about that person that will cultivate a more close relationship with the Master. And if you remember, we started out in the upper room where John sat at that table leaning on Jesus' bosom. And we preached on setting where the others wouldn't sit. And then we went to the cross where everybody had forsaken the Lord. But his mama and some sisters and a man by the name of John the Beloved, whom Jesus loved, because he had sat where the others wouldn't sit, he had the courage to stand when the others wouldn't stand. And I believe today the Lord's looking for somebody that'll sit at his feet, but stand by his cross. And then we looked at where he got to take care of Mary, the mother of Jesus, from that day hour till she went to be with the Lord. And he got to serve when the others didn't serve. You want to serve God? Take a stand for God and sit where the others don't sit. And then we ended it with he got to see what the others didn't see. You remember that morning when nobody knew on the Sea of Galilee who Jesus was? John said, it's the Lord. And they heard the Lord say, come and dine. And I said that I felt led of the Lord just to stop there a while and preach on what all did John get to see. And of course, I told you we were going to the book of the Revelation because over and over it said, I, John, saw, I, John, saw, I, John, saw. And I can't hardly wait to tell you what he saw in the book of the Revelation. But we're not going to get there yet because we can't overlook this letter that John wrote. We, we know what he saw in the gospel. We're going to see what he saw. I hope I got my season souls right, Wade. We're going to see what he saw in the book of the Revelation. But we got to stop at this little book of 1 John, the letter that he wrote, and just see what he saw. And of course, after we see what he saw, we're going to hear what he had to say. Uh, You know who's got to say something? Them that's seen something. And you're not going to see until you sit and stand and serve. Ain't we having fun? But I want you to come to 1 John, especially this third chapter. And we're going to see what John saw in this letter. And I thought it was very, very fitting that he began the passage with a C word, seeing, the word behold. Now, I think John the Apostle, uh, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, got this word from his predecessor, John the Baptist. Because John begins his earthly ministry and the earthly ministry of Jesus with one of these seeing words, attention-getting words, where John said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And John liked it so good, he's going to say it throughout Revelation. Behold, he cometh with clouds. Pilate even got in on it, didn't know what he was saying, but he said, Behold your king. Glory. He meant it in mockery, but we mean it in majesty. But I just wanted you to see what John saw in this third chapter. And you know, 
fancy titles to my sermons is my weak point. I just usually preach and you put a title on it, whatever you want to put on it. But I got me a good title for this one today. You ready? What a sight to behold. And when you see what John saw, you're going to say, wow, what a sight to behold. Brother Tim, I thought about your dad, Brother Clarence, as I was studying this week. If he hadn't already been in heaven today, he'd have got there listening to them sing. But I remember one Sunday, the glory came down. The choir sung their heart out. I preached my spleen out. And we done used all the religious words we knew. Hallelujah, glory, amen, thank you, Jesus. Whoop, we done done it all. And it was still on big time. And I looked down to your dad, Tim, and I said, Clarence, what else can we say? He leaned over and went, wow. And I wonder if there's anybody here, when you read the Bible, you go, wow. When you stop and realize what the Lord did for you, you just have to go, wow. And when you read what God has in store for you later on in the future, you just have to say, wow. But I want you to look with me at two little verses in this text and just get a glimpse of what John saw in this passage. What a sight to behold. He begins in chapter 3 and verse 1 with an attention-getting word, behold. That means stand in amazement. Stand in awe. Because something you've never seen before is about to happen. Well, glory. Behold. He says in verse 1, behold what manner of love hath a father bestowed upon us. John said, stand in amazement because you're about to see a love like you've never seen before. You say, well, how can it be a love like I've never seen before? Because no other love ever produced this. Behold, what manner of love hath the father bestowed upon us? It is that we should be called The sons of God. Hallelujah. I love my wife, but my love for her cannot make her a child of God. My wife told me several years ago, not since, but several years ago, that she loved me. You'll get that in a minute. But her love can't make me a child of God. I'll tell you every Sunday, church, I love you. But my love for you cannot make you a child of God. Often you'll tell me before you leave, love you, Pastor, but your love for me cannot make me a child of God. But I am so glad that my Father in heaven tells in the wonderful book that he has given wonderful things in the Bible I see. But this is the dearest, that Jesus loved me. And that love is so rich, powerful, sovereign, unique, special. I can be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. He comes down to verse number two, beloved, greatly loved. Those who are the recipients of God's divine compassion, beloved. Now are we the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. I love this, underline it, say it with me. But we know. But we know that when he 
shall appear. We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in himself purifies himself, even as he as pure. You say, well, Brother Joe, what do you mean that John saw? Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he gave us the gospel of John. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we're going to delve into the book of the Revelation, what God let him see. But don't overlook this little five-chapter letter that he wrote to the Christians. Because God let him see some things in this little book that is a sight to behold. He saw in this book the forgiveness of a child of God. I'm glad the Bible said if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. He says in this little book, He is the perpetuation for our sins, but not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. He saw the forgiveness of the child of God. In this little book, He saw the fellowship of the child of God. He said if we walk in the light, and He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. He says in this book, we have vertical fellowship and horizontal fellowship because we fellowship with God this way. We fellowship one with another this way. And I'm telling you, if your fellowship is messed up this way, your fellowship will be messed up that way. According to the Bible that I read, you can't be right with God and be wrong with everybody in your life. That's what the Bible said. And he saw the fellowship of the children of God. He saw the forgiveness of the children of God. In this little book, he saw the family of the children of God. He said, we're not foreigners. We're not strangers. We are joined together. We're a part of the family. He said, in fact, that's how we know we love God, because we love one another. Because of the assurance of our salvation, we are the family of God. I am not your enemy today. You're not my enemy today. We are brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. We have passed through the same channel of birth. All of us have this in common that are saved. Washed in the blood, born again by the Holy Spirit, and our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And ladies and gentlemen, today, if you've not been washed in the blood and birthed by the Holy Spirit, then your name is not in the Lamb's book of life. Because there's only one way, one door to heaven, that's through the blood of Christ and the birthing of the Holy Spirit. But what I want to deal with today in the text He not only saw the forgiveness of the child of God, the family of the child of God, the fellowship of the family of God, but I'm glad in this text he saw the future of the family of God. And what is our future? Ladies and gentlemen, we are waiting, we are anticipating, we are longing for the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Somebody told me the other day, Brother Joe, when you go to a certain church, be careful because they don't believe in the second coming. You say, did that bother you? No, I just told them, if y'all want to stay behind, help yourself, but I'm leaving out on the first load. 
You say, well, I don't believe in the second coming. Well, stay. I'm leaving. But I got news for you. If you are a born-again, Holy Ghost, regenerated child of God, you're going whether you want to or not. And can you imagine going to a place as beautiful as heaven under protest? And I know I shouldn't repeat myself, but that's funny right there. Can you imagine going to a beautiful place called heaven under protest? I don't want to go. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, you hear that trumpet sound? And that Holy Ghost in you takes wings. And you hear the voice of our Savior come up hither. You're going to want to go. And according to my dear friend J.B., then you'll be glad you live for Jesus. But I love what John saw in this text. In fact, literally, he saw more than our future. In these two little verses, he literally saw our past and our present and our future. Notice in our text today what John saw about this wonderful truth of God. I believe this morning in verse number 1, it's a sight to behold because he saw the compassion of the Lord. Say that with me. He saw the compassion of the Lord. Notice how he words it in the text. Behold, stand at attention. Something you've never seen before is about to pass by. Behold what manner. And I know I don't have time this morning to dissect every word in this verse. But can I mess around a minute with this word manner? The word manner in this text literally means, what country are you from? It literally means foreign. It means not of our realm. It literally means from another country. You see, when they looked at Jesus and said, what manner of man is this? They were saying, he ain't from around here. He's from another world. He's from another realm. Because nobody had ever said to, before to the sea, be still, and the sea had to be still. They said, where does a man like this come from? That even the winds and the seas obey him. Well, notice what it says in the text. Behold, what manner, what manner, what far and what strange kind of love. The writer says, there's a love that is not of this world. There is a love that is not of this realm. This love is so amazing, it comes from another country. And you know why the love of God is so foreign and strange to you and I? Because man in his natural state, man in his fallen, unregenerate state, knows nothing about compassion and love. It knows hatred. It knows bitterness. It knows resentment. It knows wrath. It knows anger. In fact, John says later on in this same epistle, we love him because he first loved us. You say, Brother Joe, why does it say we love him because he first loved us? Boy, I can answer that. He had to love us first because we didn't have the capacity to love him at all. 
We didn't have the capacity. We didn't understand what true love was. Man says lust is love and like is love and attraction and affection is love. But ladies and gentlemen, the definition of sovereign, holy, unique, out of this world love is that God who is holy loved an unholy sinner so much that he sent his only begotten son at Calvary to die in his place. That's the kind of strange foreign love that's not of this world. And can I remind you, the world has never seen a love like the love of God. It's rich, it's pure, it's measureless and strong. And only God loves sinners enough to send His Son to die for them. Hallelujah, what a Savior. He said he saw the compassion of the Lord stand in amazement. Behold, from what country of love Half the Father. And oh, if I get hung up on this word bestowed, we're going to be here to Christmas. But it simply means to give something to someone that don't have it. You're the only ones that can give it to them. And when you give it to them, you never take it back. I believe a hallelujah goes right there. You know what's so (laughs) wonderful about the love of God? He's the only one that can give it to me. And when he give it to me, he's the only one that can take it back. And guess what? He never will. You say, well, suppose I mess up. Suppose you already messed up. Suppose I don't live up to it. You've already not lived up to it. And so, boy, I got saved one Sunday. He called me the next day. He said, preacher, pray for me. I need to get saved again. I said, well, what happened, son? He said, I got mad on 285 and blowed my horn at somebody. I said, me too. Not that I needed to get saved again, but I thought I would just confess. He said, preacher, you mean you lose your temper too? I said, son, you can't drive around here. I don't say it, but I carry a list of words in my pocket and check it off as I think about it. And I've seen the way some of y'all act. And you do more than check them off. You read them off. Word for word. But oh, brother, he said, Brother Joe, you don't understand. I've only been saved less than 24 hours and I've already lost it. I said, son, listen to me. He loves me when I'm good. He loves me when I'm bad. He loves me when I deserve it. He loves me when I do not deserve it. If I'm down in the valley crawling on my face or I'm soaring in the mountains with eagles, I want to tell you I'm glad today the Father has graciously and mercifully bestowed something upon me that I did not have. He's the only one that could give it to me and He'll never take it from me. I'm glad it is a sight to be whole. Not that God could love you and God could love you And God could love you. But what a sight to behold is He could love me. He loves me. Thank God I'm glad He loves me. Oh, I'm glad the songwriter said when they were sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, 
very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more, but the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the cold, dark waters he lifted me. When church membership can't lift a man, when water baptism can't lift a man, when the sacraments of the Lord's Supper can't lift a man, when money and good works and pride and prestige can't lift a man, I'm glad the love of God lifts us out of our sin, brings us into relationship with God Almighty through His Son, Jesus Christ. How long has it been since you threw both hands in the air and looked up and said, Thank you, Lord, for loving me. He saw the compassion of the Lord. If you will, look quickly at the last part of verse number 2. It's a sight, behold, because he saw the children of the Lord. I'm glad the compassion of the Lord makes us the children of the Lord. Notice how he said in the passage, he said, Behold, what manner of love hath the Father bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. And I love what he said in the very next verse. He said, Beloved. And I don't have time to run this rabbit, but you young preachers get a hold of this. There are three B's in these two verses. There are three powerful words that begin with the B in these three verses. And that's a message in itself. Behold, bestowed, beloved. Say that with me. Behold, bestowed, beloved. Now, I told you what behold was, and I told you what bestowed was, but I'm afraid you may not act like a Baptist if I tell you what beloved means. You ready? How many going to promise me you're going to do your best to hold your dignity? Every one of you, bless God, ought to raise your hand right there. It means those that are the eternal object of God's holy, sovereign, divine affection. Don't ask me to repeat that. It just means greatly loved of God. Beloved. Mm. I felt like the song of Solomon, the little Shulamite girl. Who do you belong to? She said, my beloved is mine and I'm his. Well, what's so special about him? Well, I could tell you, but you couldn't understand. I'll just sign off with this. He's the chiefest among 10,000. I wonder if we got anybody here today. You are the eternal object of God's sovereign, divine affection. You are the beloved. Turn to somebody right now and say, you don't deserve it, but God loves you. And you look back and say, you're more rotten than I am. You don't deserve it either. Some of you women's been wanting to tell your husband that for days. Here it is. Sign off on it, girl. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I see these fine young men in these suits and ties down here this morning. And, and, and I'm amazed that God loves them. I, I, that's awesome. And I, and I don't have any problem believing that. Well, one of them, but I don't have any problem believing that. But he loves me so much. Now, let me just say this quickly in passing. If only... I know, Shane, you want me to go on and preach, but they're going to quit listening in about three more minutes, and it's going to be in me and you. He's paid staff. He's got to listen. Tom, you too. Their wives don't even have to listen, but they do. Oh, how many think if all God did was keep you from hell, that's good. 
I mean, I mean, if all God did was just keep you from going to hell. That's good. If all God did was to keep you from going to a literal burning hell, that's awesome. That's just the beginning. Uh, how many thinks if all God did was just liberate you and free you from the chains of addictions? I mean, if all God did was just set you free from your sin, that'd be enough. Uh, I'm enjoying this vote. Uh, how many if all God did was forgive you of your past, like your past just got erased? <laughs> what sins are you talking about? No, I don't know them either. Amen. If all God did was say your past, gone. That'd be it. But it's better than that. God did more than erase your past. God did more than saved you and freed you from the addiction of sin. God even did more than kept you from hell and to take you to heaven. He elevated you to the point that you're not just saved and you're not just going to heaven. But you are personally forever related to him on your way. What manner of love hath the Father bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Yes, I am forgiven. Yes, I am liberated. Yes, I am going to heaven. But on my way, I belong to him. I'm related to him. And I carry the name. And I carry the title. And I share the nature as the sons of God. I'm not a child of the devil. I'm not a twofold child of hell. I belong to Jesus. He belongs to me. I'm a son of God. I'm an heir of God. I'm a child of God. I'm in the family. And I love the way he puts it in verse 2. Now. I asked a fellow one day, I said, Sir, are you a child of God? Are you saved? Do you know the Lord? He said, Not now, but I'm going to be. I thought, Really? I said, well, when? He said, when I go to church, they make saints out of us when we're dead. I said, really? He said, if we've done enough good in our life, our guy that runs our place can say enough words that if I've done enough good before I die, when I'm dead... He'll broker the deal for me, and I'll be sainthood. He said, so one day I will. I said, that depends on if you've been good enough according to what you say. And I said, and according to what my Bible said, all my righteousness is a filthy rag. Nothing in my hand I bring. So I don't adhere to that. I hear what the Bible said. I ain't going to be St. Jojo. I'm St. Joseph right now. Hello, St. Mark. Maybe pushing that one just a little bit. Hello, St. I can't even say that. St. Thank you. St. Shane. His sister's back there crying. 
Let, just let me ask you this. Anybody in this room this morning remember the day and the time in your life when you said, God, I'm a sinner. I believe in Jesus. Come into my heart right now. You, you remember that? You believe that? Wave both hands. You're the child of God now. You're the saint of God now. You're in the family now. You ain't got to wait till you die to figure out whether you're saved or not. Listen to this preacher. If you wait till you're dead to find out whether you're saved or not, you waited one minute a second too late. I'm glad before I crossed the river. Now I'm a child of God. Now I'm an heir of God. Now I'm in the family. I'm saved now. I'm on the winning side now. Jesus is my Savior now. And you can be too now. That's why the Bible should come now. Woo! Let us reason together. Saith the Lord. And I love what he says. He said, therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. And you know why the real bona fide Christian has zero in common with the world? They don't know God. We're pumped up about things they ain't ever even heard of. And things they get all tore up about, we really don't care a flip about. In fact, my wife tells me I'm the most out-of-touch human being that's ever lived. Sometimes I don't think she knows how to read, so I'll read her the news. I can't help it. I was my first job. I was a, a radio announcer. This is WWMO Regional Greensboro, High Point, North Carolina. And here they are, the Spencers, coming soon. And I was one up on you, baby. I was FM. So I read her the news. The other day I was reading her the news and I said, I don't, uh, some lady named Boyce, baby. She said, who? I said, some woman's making fun of the president. Her name's Boyce or something. (laughs) Daniel, why are you laughing? Have you got any of them albums in your truck? Surely, Mrs. Arthur, come walking in. She said, Joe Arthur, please tell me. I said, it says it right here, B-O-Y-C, Boints. She said, dear God, you're the only human being on the face of the earth that don't know who that is. I said, I bet my son don't know. I said, I bet you brother Tom don't know because he's sanctified. He prays and reads his Bible. I called him up and I said, Tom, you know who Boints is? He said, oh yeah, I got her stuff. I didn't know who that was. I see these people knocking on Christianity. I saw where some little old jerk weed the other day was talking about he didn't believe the Bible. He didn't believe in creation. He didn't believe in that. And I'm like, honey, I've never heard your name. I don't know who you are, where you're from, but I have heard about my heavenly father who's from eternity past and still God in eternity present and still be God in eternity future. That's who I know. And ladies and gentlemen, the world doesn't understand the Christian. They don't understand why we can weep and not be sad and laugh and not be happy because we've got our affections set on things which are above. This world is not our home. And thank God we're about to to get out of here at any moment, any time, any place. And I close with this one now. We always get out at 1215 on the nose. 
What a sight to behold because he saw the compassion of the Lord. What a sight to behold he saw the children of the Lord. Look in verse 2. What a sight to behold because he saw the coming of the Lord. And because he loved me and because he labeled me, I got a longing that he's coming and I'm going to see him. I love the way he describes the second coming in verse 2. Greatly loved of God, great recipients, eternal recipients of God's love. He said, beloved, it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, Mm. Two appearings, a hidden appearing and a revealed appearing. I don't have time to dig deep, but can I just mess around real quick with this word appear? There are two words appear used in our Bible. One is just to see it. But one means manifested and all of its glory. How many started out housekeeping in the 70s, early 80s when you couldn't afford real wood? So everything was veneer. Anybody remember the veneer? It looked like wood. If it even shined like wood. But if you ever stuck a screwdriver in it, it would chip off and look like termites got into it. Because it was masqueraded. It was hypocrisied. It was smoothed over with something that was not real. Tell you what you do. Go home and get you an old veneer table and sand it. You'll have nothing left but plastic and ashes of particle board. But you'll go get your solid oak table. Solid pine table. There's no veneer. There's no hypocrisy. There is no hypocrisy. There is no false cover to cover up what's really on the inside. Well, glory. The writer said it doth not yet appear. In other words, what God's got in store for us, you ain't seen nothing yet. Let's go back to my vote. How many thinks it's wonderful to be saved? Wonderful to be forgiven? Wonderful to have your past erased. Wonderful to be freed from the chains of addiction. But you ain't seen nothing yet. Wait till you see heaven. Wait till you see the king. Wait till you get your glorified body. We ain't got it yet. It is not revealed in its true character what God has in store for us. But we know. Now watch this now. When he shall appear. It's the same word manifested in all of his glory. No hypocrisy, no veneer, no cover up. Something that's not the real thing. 
But it's going to be manifested. Do you realize, ladies and gentlemen, the first time you read about the one that's coming, he's in the Old Testament in the shadows, in the tabernacle, in the temple, in the sacrifices. And then you see him in a little baby, in a manger. And then you see him a little boy in the temple, a carpenter. And then you see him baptized in the Jordan like a servant. And then for three and a half years you see him as the wave walker and the sick healer and the nerve calmer and the dead raiser. Mm. And then you see him as this pitiful lamb that's slain on an old rugged cross. And then you see him as a living, risen Savior that says, Come unto me. And he ascends into heaven and today. He's a great high priest who suffers with you and I. But you ain't seen nothing yet. When he comes again, he'll not be a shadow. He'll not be a sacrifice. He'll not be a babe in a manger. He'll not be a miracle worker. He'll not be a lamb nailed to a cross, but he'll be the king of every king and the Lord of every large. My God, never needs going to bow. Every tongue's going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He shall appear. Glory. And when he steps out and says, Here I am, full revelation. When I didn't think the text couldn't get any better, Shazam. And we shall be like him. I ain't got no exegesis for that. I, I, I ain't even going to go there. I mean, to tell you, that's beyond my finite brain. That whatever he is, I'm not just going where he is. If he said just that, that'd be enough to shout hallelujah. That I'm going where he is. And I'm going to do more than go where he is. I'm going to be like him where he is. And if it's anything close to Matthew 17 on the Mount Transfiguration... Where Simon Peter said, it's good to be here. If it's anything close to that, I just want to say not going to hell is enough to holler hallelujah. Not having to go through the time of Jacob's trouble, the great tribulation period. I mean, just that alone is enough to shout hallelujah. And going to heaven, that's a hallelujah. But I'm going to be like him. You want something that'll blow your mind like it did mine? I'm going to be perfect. I'm going to be holy. I'm going to be blameless. No spot, no wrinkle, nor any such thing. That'd make me want to be saved right there. That I'm glad he saw the coming of the Lord. You say, oh, there are these Christians, bless God, they get sick like everybody else. They go through heartaches like everybody else. They go through disappointments like everybody. Yeah, you're right. But hold on. You ain't seen nothing yet. 
It does not yet appear. But we know. Here's the word I'm looking for. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Closing illustration. You golf players, God bless you. Praying for you. You miss out on a lot by not fishing. I miss out not saying a lot by not playing. Jackie, playing golf is not a sin. You play the way I play, it's an abomination in the sight of God. But I grew up trout fishing in them Blue Ridge Mountains. Put on them waders, put on that vest, put on that dumb looking hat. And hanging over that, hanging over that little stream is a branch. Woven up in that branch is this thing, it looks, it's not, but it looks like a giant spider web. And in that giant spider web are some little round things that looks like nuts, but it's really a cocoon. And when the wind blows, those that don't actually fall on the water and get eaten by the brown trout or the brook trout or the rainbow trout, they land on the ground. And one day that little round cocoon spins around and crawling out of it is the most ugly looking creature. I could chase every girl and most of you city boys around this whole planet with one caterpillar worm about that long. The only thing they're good for is to put on a number 10 trout hook and catch you something with it. But you know what happens? That little old worm, one day this object flies by, got the prettiest wings on it. He's the prettiest old butterfly. Go grab him and catch him. But don't look at that pink and blue and purple and majestic wings. Look what's hanging between them two beautiful wings. That old ugly thing that cocooned its way. Mm. Lord, you'd never think that little old ugly worm And I don't know if worms talk to one another. I know donkeys talk to one another because I've heard some of them. That didn't cost you nothing. That was free, baby. But if, if worms talk to one another, I hear one of them say, You ugly. And they'd say, It doth not yet appear. Not that time when beautiful. He says, see that? I'm going to be that. Because the process has already been started. I see him in glory, in the robes of white, in the crowns of gold, in glorified bodies. And my mind goes back to that, oh, that Tuesday evening when I stood in this place for over an hour and a half where hundreds of people walked by this spot 
And you held my hand as I said goodbye to my father, my pastor, my hero, my mentor. And the last time I saw him, he was sick and bedridden and man barely alive. And I watched him as he breathed his last breath. Oh, but you wait till I see him robed in the robes of glory on Hallelujah Street, on the side of Hallelujah Square. Ladies and gentlemen, hang on. The world is not one and the devil's not one and cancer and sickness is not one. Wait till you see the saints of God dressed in robes of white and a brand new home. Hallelujah. It is a sight to behold. And all I got to say in closing is this. Be ready for He is coming soon. Let's stand together, Lord. We love you today.